And welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers, and class is back in session. Here for another guest speaker episode, the first one of 2023, and the first one at AOA Studios, our brand new home. If you are an artist, a podcaster, or a content creator, make sure you head to aoastudios.org. Check us out. We are now open for booking, and I'm joined by a very special guest, a man that I've wanted on this show for quite a long time. We finally made it happen. Made it happen, bro. It's just Capo, everybody. Happy to be here, bro. How you doing, man? Great to Thank see you, bro. You. Thank you so much. Thank yes, you so much for being here, bro. Thank you for having is, me. Of course, of course, man. I mean, you're obviously a hip hop artist. Yeah. Um, you've been doing this for a number of years, mm-hmm. and we've been following you for quite a while. And um, we, we've that. loved a lot of the work you've done. I've seen a couple of your shows. We'll get into that for yeah. sure. You're quite the performer. Um, but first, I, I want to start with the objective, which is our first uh, segment of, mm-hmm. of obviously of the turntable teachers. And uh, what I really want to get to know first and have our audience get to know about you is really like your background with music. Like, yeah. you know, I want, obviously want to talk about your start. Obviously, you're from Hyde Park originally. That's your, your obviously your, your, um, the city you grew up in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about like your upbringing and like where music sort of fell in to that equation for you. Okay, so. I grew up with like a, a huge family in Hyde Park. Um, so my older brothers are listening to rap music. My older sisters and cousins are listening to like reggae music and R&B. My mom, she was listening to like Haitian music. So I was really pulling from every single area and stuff like that. But I really didn't start making music until I got to like college and stuff like that. But I was always into music, like always love watching music videos. I used to like be in the guitar club in middle school. Nice. Just like little shit that I used to do that showed my interest in music. But like it took to when I got to college where I was just like, all right, let me just see what's up. Cause I feel like I got all these ideas. I feel like I always had a musical ear and knew what sounded good and stuff like that. So yeah, man, no doubt. And like I said, you were a Framingham state alum like myself. Yeah. yeah, shout we, out FSU, yeah for sure. For sure. For certain things, maybe not others, yeah, yeah. but yeah, for, for now we're on camera. Yeah. yeah shout out FSU. Shout out FSU. Um, so yeah, obviously um, we didn't really cross paths cause you got there in what? 2016. It was yeah, 20, 2015, 15. Yeah. So you were, I think a freshman when I was a senior, I think I was just yeah, getting my way just out. I was just on my way out, but I remember seeing you around and um, yeah. So did you, um, you obviously did you ever cross paths obviously with um with Charles and Khalil yeah, and then those are my dogs. Those I'm actually your... doing a show with Khalil next month. Oh, are you? Yeah, bro. So um, did like so to go back to that, so I know you had mentioned mm-hmm. that, you know, like college is when you've really started getting really serious about the yeah. music. Um were they instrumental in that at all? Like did you guys like yeah, really kind of get I used up? to be in the dorm room with Charles, me and Charles getting drunk off E and J freestyling every fucking day, man. That's my dog. And Khalil, I, I, I got in the studio Khalil real early when I started doing this rap shit. You feel me? Yeah. So Khalil was one of the first people I like started doing music with. So yeah, well, both great too, dudes. Yeah. Great, great too, dudes. Yeah. yeah shout out Khalil and shout out Charles. Really great oh, dudes. Good hoopers too, especially Charles. Charles can, yeah. Charles can play. Um, we'll get to that a little bit later. I know yeah, you're a hoops yeah. guy. Um, yeah. So I, what else about like, so you'd said, um, you know, early on, like you had sisters and they were playing rap music as well. Was that like a specific artist or like a, or a moment you remember like watching a music video or like an artist that your sisters were playing yep. that you were like, all right, I'm in. Like, this so, is really what I want to do. And like, I am into this shit. I remember I was in 
think I was in in sixth grade. I had to be in sixth grade. And I think Michael Jackson had just passed. And the world was just going crazy. And, you know, I'm young, so I really, like, I heard Michael Jackson, but I never really tuned in to see, like, what was so, you know, what was so deep about him that made everybody just go crazy. So my older sister, she started, like, telling me, like, yeah, Michael Jackson, Jackson 5, The Temptations, blah, blah, blah. So what I did is I, I did my own research on the MacBook. You feel me? I started getting into the YouTube dark hole of just The Temptations, <laughs> Michael Jackson, all those old artists, and I just fell in love with it, like The Jackson 5, all yeah. of that, when I was in sixth grade. That's funny, no, because it, it, it's one of those things where, like, there's certain I feel like moments in history or in time mm-hmm. where like you remember exactly where you were when yeah, that happened, you know, sure. like I remember vividly, I was actually, uh, I was going into high school. So like mm-hmm. I said, we, since we're three or four years apart, I was in eighth or ninth grade and, um, and I was literally about to go to a summer league game mm-hmm. when my whole Michael Jackson thing like yeah. broke out. And I remember like it being very like gloomy that day. Like I even remember the weather. Yeah. So it's just funny like how those certain moments that like in time you kind of remember exactly happened, where you yeah. were. After that, I got into like the garage band thing on the laptop. Yeah. Was trash ass beat. But that just shows you like I was always into the music and like trying to construct it. It just took that time for me to sure. really know what I wanted to do and what I was good at. And stuff 100%. Like that, so. 100%. And then like for hip hop, like who like some like artists maybe early on that you were like all right, like once you kind of got into mm-hmm. you know like that so, side of things so wayne is my favorite rapper yeah i think Wayne's he's great. the greatest rapper alive i was listening to a lot of wayne like his mixtapes like all all of that big dipset joel santana Ooh. jim jones the real couple you feel me that's kind of where i got to play <laughs> off my name i see yeah, yeah yeah i was listening to them a lot biggie i was into a lot of biggie um then when i started getting older i was listening to a lot of meek mill yeah, yeah. Meek was tight back. Meek like, was hard. G Herbo. Those are all the rappers I was listening to when I was like coming up, like high school stuff like that. Chief Keef for sure. Like you nice. know, a lot of different rappers and a lot of different genres. Like I didn't just listen to rap, though. I was listening to all types of music. So definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then for you, like when you were really starting to formulate your sound, like like what were like the instrumental like. <clears throat> parts of that happening for you like when did you start to like i know you mentioned a lot right. of artists i could hear certain ones for sure mm-hmm. like i could definitely hear some dip set in that i could for sure hear some like a little bit like instrumentally maybe like right. chief keef and uh things like Just that so, like but, the melodies and but stuff the melodies like that, right? but yeah but so, like for you like when, when you were kind of formulating that like i feel like at first i was just on some like straight rap shit like yeah. you know just some straight hardcore like not hardcore but like I was just on some rap shit like I barely did any you just spit you kind of yeah. just bars but I always knew that I like you know melodies and like R&B music and pop music sometimes so you feel me so I'm like I want to experiment so sure. at first I was doing a lot of rap shit then I started experimenting like and it was trash in the beginning too like <laughs> when I was experiencing those new sounds but as I kept going and going every single year I just got better and better the sound started fitting you know I started finding mm-hmm. my right sound and it just developed to what it is today. So, yeah, because I would say your music's definitely melodic, yeah. or at least it has a, a melodic sort of like tone to it mm-hmm. for sure. Like, mm-hmm. there's certain elements of it that definitely make it feel that way and have even like that trap mm-hmm. soul exactly. sort of style. Yeah. You you definitely play into that really well. Um, but I think it's kind of a perfect segue into the main mm-hmm. lesson where we talk about what's going on with you now and like yeah. so obviously some of your music. I want to get into a lot of that, and I want to talk about this new single that you just dropped called yes, "Who Got yeah, Me." I love that song. Great song, by the <laughs> way. That. Make sure you guys check that out. It's available on all streaming services. Uh, you mind if we play a little clip of it yeah, for the people? It, all right, amazing. We're gonna take a quick break. Here is the brand new single from Chiz Capo called "Who Got Me." Who got me?
You guys are so No matter how I do it, your reaction be OD. I blame it all on you and you gon' blame it back on me. I wanna see my moves and you know that you won't shame me. I try to play smooth, tryna see who got me in the house. Me and you together, it don't stop. Party on your wrist, you gotta stop. When I'm on a high, I be feeling hard. Yeah, gotta get it right, we gon' spend like all night. All right, and that was Chis Capo's single, Who Got Me. Make sure you guys go stream that thing on all right platforms, there, wherever you get your music. Um, I want to talk about visuals because I know you're a big guy when it comes to visuals. Yeah. And specifically with this song, I loved what you and uh, Tange, Don Bruno, okay, yeah, Don Bruno. Yeah, shout out Tange, bro. Yeah, I mean, he's incredible. I mean, obviously, he's worked with some very high-level artists like Millie's mm -hmm. and Jada Kiss, just to name a few. Yeah, yeah. I know you had done a, uh, a few things with him in the past as well. Mm -hmm. um, you had like a remix as well. And the name of it is Escaping Me now the song that you did um or the the video you did with him years ago um, um it was like a remix there was a bunch of different artists like lano i think was um, on it. next up next, next up, up yeah, exactly yeah, tan shot that one he went crazy with that one that was the first time i ever shot with tan yeah yeah, yeah. tan is dope to work with he's fire real quick straight to the point he's gonna do a great job every single time you feel me like, dope dope yeah i was gonna say too like working with him like how does how has he sort of helped like you from like a visual standpoint is he like when you think about eye, your he visuals has a, he has a great eye he knows how a video is supposed to look you know obviously he's worked with a lot of industry people so that's just the guy to go to if you want your shit to look like you know industry ready so definitely shout out tange definitely yeah because I, I find like around here especially like he's someone that's definitely i feel like separated himself as a videographer yeah. um and, and like his visuals are obvious like they really pop i really they feel like they, they really sort of like jump off off mm -hmm. the screen in they a lot do, of ways and uh, that's yeah, a great visual. We're going to link that in the description as well. So if you like the track, which I don't see why you wouldn't, right. definitely go check out those visuals shot by Tange for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so talking a little about the song, like, you know, I know you had spent a little bit since you uh, released any music. I know um, you had an EP with SK, which we'll get to in just a second yeah. as well. But, um, you know, this is obviously your first release in 2023. Yeah. So um, it's actually the first song I recorded in 2023 as well. No kidding. Okay, so this is kind of a quick sort of it came out so, pretty yeah, fast so then. i'm in album mode right now so i'm like you know by the time i recorded who got me i felt like i had the album already kind of pretty much done nice. but then i recorded who got me i'm like no nah, this has to go on you know this has to go on because i got the beat from abnormal junkie shout out abnormal junkie he sent the beat as soon as i heard it i'm like yeah this is a smash i didn't know what i wanted to do with it yet so i didn't write i didn't do none of that Linked up with Dan D Phrase. He Shout out D Phrase. He loaded the B and we big just fan, went crazy. Big, big friend of the show, right you there. Know, we just went crazy. Like I was so proud of it. After I'm like, yeah, this is definitely a great way to start off 2023. So I dropped this the first single coming off the project because you know I feel like if I love it, everybody else is gonna love it too. You feel me? Definitely. And this is like, yeah. So this project, just to speak about it, like absolutely. Um, so this project is gonna be called Range God. So the reason I'm calling it Range God is because. I want to showcase and express the different type of range I have in my music, to be honest. And um, this project's not really for the people. Like, it's obviously for the people, but I really did this project for me. Like, picked all the songs that I really liked and that I really wanted to go on. And yeah. Songs that made me happy, for real, instead of... Because a lot of times, artists get caught up in, like, making songs for the for the fans, obviously. You have to, but, like, I kind of wanted to do something for myself. And obviously, I think they're going to like it if I like it as well, if they fuck with me. so Sure. No, I actually like that. And I love that approach, too, because mm -hmm. I think ultimately you want to be loving the music that you're creating. Exactly. You know what I mean? So not be too caught up and stressed out about, oh, is it going to? No, if you like it and you felt like you felt something from it, 
we're going to throw it on there and we're going to just rock with it like that. Yeah. And I think that organic feeling does transcend. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like more so I think you can you can feel when some when an artist is trying to just play off something gimmicky. I don't want to like call anybody out and name any names, but like not anybody. I wasn't even thinking about anybody locally, but just like certain songs you hear and you're just like, oh, this was maybe just to like get some clicks or some plays or whatever. But there's a difference when like you can really feel that like artistic process and like where that artist maybe was like in like where they were in a headspace right. at that time. it takes the pressure off too because you're not for sure. You're not trying to do it for other people and hoping other people would like it, you know? Right. No, it's a great point. And yeah. I think, and I think, and it's funny, it, I almost feel it too, like a lot of times it always works out better that way anyway where people gravitate towards that stuff Exactly. Anyway, you know? versus the stuff where you're trying to maybe like force it or you think like, oh, this song will do really well. So I'm just going to like lean into this and put it mm-hmm. out versus like a, a, like a, a song or even a, a full project that is organic and like comes from the heart and something right. that you're passionate about. So, so this project is just full of shit that I always wanted to do. I love trying it, out a whole bunch of new shit. And it's yeah. It's fire. Like I'm going to play a couple records for you too. So Let's do it, man. Fire. I love it. No, this is great. I mean, I, I think that that is like a great message for any artists mm-hmm. and musicians that just like yeah follow like that inspiration mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that i, I think that sort of shows you're doing it for the right reasons too right. you know what i mean because i think that that's the biggest piece of it is like why are you doing music like really for any any purpose of whatever you're doing in your life like you always have to ask you like what am i doing this right. for you know and if you're doing it for yourself that's i think like the biggest thing in the first step 100 percent, man well i'm excited for you any um little tidbits on the project any like features or potential like uh collaborations or producers that you're um excited about with with this upcoming project um, me and dan actually did a lot of um collabing on the you know dan's my engineer but he actually did a lot of producing on this project too and He's a great. He's he's crazy. He's crazy, man. Well, like I said, he's a great fan of the show. uh, Mm -hmm. Friend, friend of the show. Shout out Dan and Mm -hmm. uh, AKA D Phrase, and obviously like Mako is a a really uh, Mm -hmm. huge um, friend of the show as well. And he, uh, like I said, I mean, he worked on uh, you know Mako's project, Cool, that went pretty crazy last Mm -hmm. summer. And um, but yeah, like talk about range. He's kind of maybe the perfect person to work yeah. with on a, on an album like this because of his range right. like he it just makes sense so he knows exactly what he what i want we've been working with each other for a while now so dope you taught me a lot for sure is there i know every song is like it's like asking like you know who's your favorite kid or something right. like that is there a song on this project that's like a little bit more near and dear to you um that you feel like is that people should definitely look out for in terms no, of like in the track i really can't answer that question it's the whole thing and 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 as a whole is near and dear to me you know what i mean because it's the first time where i'm just like fuck it kind of in a way not in like a way where i just want to drop but like in a way where i'm just like fuck it this is me you like it you like you don't you don't you know fantastic no definitely i think that that's like like you said i think that uh because this is such a like a project that is rooted in that like not introspection but like really that inspiration of just like creating music for the sake of enjoying it right Maybe that does make sense that just kind of all like it works as a whole cohesive body. So looking forward to it. You said April, right? April April. release date? I'm thinking April right now in my head. It was supposed to be since like the fall, but I like pushed it back so far just to make sure, you know. Take your time. We love it. So, hey, we'll get 
definitely uh, make sure you guys check yeah. out that project. I'm sure we'll be we'll be promoting it and on our playlist sure. and on our on our platform. So make sure you follow Chiz. Obviously, link in the description for his sure. socials. Of course, we'll get to all that stuff at the end. But um, yeah, for that album, make sure you guys look out for, it, especially if you like the single "Who Got Me." Um, I want to transition slightly to um, the last project you just mm-hmm. dropped. I know you, you know you did a big press release uh, press release for that one but we haven't gotten really a chance to sit down and talk mm-hmm. to it though i was at your album release party yes uh for no pass yeah. with sk the great shout out sk shout out Skizzle. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> we love sk out here man That's he used to cool. engineer all these podcasts for for yeah. the last year so i i miss you behind the boards sk i really oh do God. um genuinely good 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 dude um so I want to I want to take a, a slightly different approach on this question because I I could ask you you know what's it been like working with SK or what was right. it like but I know like specifically working with one specific producer on an album I'm curious and that's this has been a thing that's gone on a lot in hip hop mm-hmm. where you talk I mean I'm looking at my wall like there's some artists I'm looking at Freddie Gibbs for example working mm-hmm. with just Madlib on right. Bandana like what do you think the advantages and disadvantages are of working with just one producer on a specific project so SK is not the first producer I've did like a project with I did a project with um Zay um shout out Zay we did a project before too but specifically what it's like working with a producer like just by by one on one by itself is like it's nothing that's really hard about it cuz the reason I'm working with you in the first place is cuz I think that you you should fire to right. be honest so but it does get to a point where you start disagreeing on what you should put on the album. Like me and SK, we were disagreeing a little bit about what we should put on each album and stuff like that. And he thought this was fine. I'm like, I don't really think so. And I'm thinking something's fine. He's like, I don't really think it's going to fit. So, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, if I feel like it's fire, it's, they, they're going to fuck with it. But, you know, they're there to let you know, like, those harsh opinions. And sometimes, you know, when you used to working by yourself, you're not used to hearing all those other opinions. Mm-hmm. So you just got to be able to, like, coexist with those opinions and be fluid and stuff like that so but that's i think helpful too it probably with like communication just in general of like being able to communicate with another human being um that is like in a lot of ways like that is a relationship like you guys had like a working relationship going for and you're working towards like a common goal right and then that i feel like those sort of skills could translate i mean as i'm I'm doing my teacher talk right Right. now but like you know i'm sure you you know well about that but just like you know i think like those skills of being able to communicate with somebody and like having those tough conversations is an important like way. And then if you guys are really disagreeing a lot, but also like there's some like kind of tension and turmoil that goes on with that, you know, yeah, exactly. It was super easy working with SK. Like everything was fluid, easy. Like he was super supportive. Like, you know, he put just as much work as I did, you know? Sure, so sure. It's easy to work with somebody like that if they're putting just as much work as you, so. Yeah, and I heard another interview you had said, like, he just kind of walked up to you at Bright Music Hall and was just like, yeah, yo, I got beats for you. Yeah, <laughs> he walked up right and like, yo, I got beats. I'm like, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> you know, he really sent those beats. And right up, like, I think I was headed to the studio when I was listening to one of his beats. I recorded it immediately, sent it back. He sent even more beats after that. So it was like, he's ready to work. I'm ready to work, so. yeah. We just made that happen. Yeah, that energy is like infectious, hundred sure. percent. Yeah. When someone's like, yo, I'm like, I'm really believing in this. Yeah, like, we went let's on a do press it. Press run to L. A. Like me, SK. No, I remember him talking to me, but yeah. talking to me about about that For when sure. he was saying that you guys went to L. A. and stuff. What was that? What was that like going to L. A. with him and and it was and doing cool, that? bro. It was cool. It's cool to be outside of the studio with D. Phrase and SK and see how they are outside of the studio. <laughs> you know? But it was cool for sure. We still did our music thing over there, but yeah, it was definitely a good time. Definitely do it yeah. again. And D-Fraze has got a good sense of humor, too, so I'm yeah, sure there funny was... Shit. He's funny as <laughs> shit. Yeah, sure, there were many jokes cracked, no doubt about it. Yeah, um, yeah no, I love that project, man. It was still it's still a project I toss on, you know, every so often, especially that that track with uh, with Rosewood. 
Oh, I yeah, dig yeah, that yeah. shit heavy, man. Yeah, Purple's a, fuck with that that's a, a lot, great, yeah. great track. And you guys recorded the music video out there for that as well, yeah, correct? Yeah, we did record it in LA, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so that's we'll definitely make sure while we uh, link that in the description as mm-hmm. well. A lot of chis. You guys can go the chis, <laughs> down the chis capital rabbit hole yeah. right now. I've been doing um, this for a little bit. Yeah, yeah you definitely no. have, bro. No doubt. No, no doubt about it. Um, no, for sure. I'm, I'm excited for you and like all the music that obviously you've put out, but also mm-hmm. that you got coming. You got, you got, I think you have a night, like you said, I think you have a really good ear for music. Um, and I, I definitely want to uh, go to or take a quick break from the main lesson. I want to head to the uh, segment I like to call the pop quiz. Okay. So in this segment, I'm going to give you some questions that maybe are a little bit outside of uh, music or uh, maybe oh, like you wouldn't, this. you wouldn't normally yeah, get I like this. Let's do it. So, all right. So the first one um, is going to be, I'll, I'll keep this one with music specifically. Um, in your opinion, what's the art of the intro track? Cause I know you, you love, you think intro tracks intro are tracks. super important. <laughs> um, why, why do you think the intro because track is so important? The intro track set the tone. It sets the tone for the entire project. The intro's fire. You already know. All right, I'm looking forward to <laughs> A lot of other great music because I'm not just gonna put the intro fire and the rest of it's gonna be trash. You know what I mean? So, intro is just like setting the tone, walking through the door, letting them know that you're here. You know? I love it. I love it. Um, do you, what's like the best intro track to like an album or a project that you've ever heard in your mind? It can be any. Well, first one that comes to mind, whether it's a local artist or or national right, or whatever. So I'm gonna take the Meek Mill intro track off the because that don't. That count. was the one I was thinking that was, about that's, too. That's but the best intro track ever. Other than that, so I'm besides to, dreams and nightmares, that's another intro track that's fire. Besides his, I can't think of one on the top of my head. Who dropped it? Who dropped the fire intro track? I don't know. I mean, Meek's it, the first person. It, it, like, it is funny that me, that one is the first one that comes to mind. Right? Yeah, that's the, like that's truthfully where I got it from. Like him just drop every single project he dropped the intro track. I mean, every single mixtape he was dropping intro track. It was crazy. Yeah, like. Every single one. So I'm like, every single time I drop a project, the intro got to be just Intro's got to be the one. <laughs> yeah. the intro got to be the one. No, it's it's like that first impression, right? Set the tone, yeah. That, yeah, especially first impressions that, are everything. Exactly. Know? If no one's ever come on to you and, and yeah, heard and your with music. Every, with every project, too, it's like I'm getting new people listening to my music. So Sure. Every project they listen to, it, like, oh, this is my first time hearing this. So you got to come hard every time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love it. No, great. Great answer. Um, so... As most people, or maybe not, maybe actually some people might not know, um, you were a basketball player for a long time. Yeah. And um, I know it, it's kind of public out there. It's been, it's, <laughs> been, it's, it's, it's been out there. Yeah. Um, you played in high school. You were a college basketball player. Um, mm-hmm. I obviously as well, actually, I don't know if this is obvious either, but I played a lot as well and um, been coaching for a number of years. Actually, yeah. just finished my final season of coaching, actually. I just finished my season of coaching too. Yeah. 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 I didn't do too great, but. Not me neither. My, yeah. not, not a great season. Where were you coaching <laughs> this year? Back. I was coaching at um, Up Academy. Oh, middle okay. school boys, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Freshman boys at Andover yeah. High. Eight middle school's eight. tough, man. Yeah. They don't got the heart like they used to. No, like, they, right? I feel like when I was in eighth grade, I was, you know, I was to a bucket. Yeah, like, man. These kids like, are a little soft these days. <laughs> thank you, man. It wasn't, they don't want to work hard. <laughs> no, they don't. And then it's like, you're getting frustrated at practice because you're mm-hmm. like, yo, I can't want this more than you guys. You know what I mean? Like, That's how exactly can I- what I be telling them. <laughs> I tell them just like that. How can I be? How can I be more motivated to come to practice yeah, than you know guys? You like, want to throw it in right now because y'all playing like shit. I, t- <laughs> I tell them straight like that. I don't sugarcoat it for my kids either. Oh man, one of our last games, we just we gave up like it was just a no show on our part. We gave up like twenty offensive rebounds, and it's just yeah. like <laughs> you're sick the, on the sideline too. Like, oh my fucking god! And the poor parents are like coming up to me afterwards, like, 
That was bad. Like we're really yeah, sorry. I'd be really like, digging just... into my kids. I'd be in the huddle, like screaming at them. Like, yeah, y'all playing like shit. Like, <laughs> parents be looking at me. I feel like this guy's crazy. <laughs> well, you mean I'd be locked in though. Like, yeah, same. No, <laughs> it's it's in. it's. Well, for us, I feel like it's it's one of those things. I want to speak out of maybe speak for you, but I'm, I have a guess. I'm funny feeling this as well. It's like, you know, we're thinking about like our time playing has passed mm-hmm. and it's just like, we still obviously have that fire to right, play, right. but we can't. <laughs> and we're just like, you guys don't realize, like you want to shake the kids and be like, this ends someday. Like, <laughs> nah, I still get busy. Though, I still get busy. Oh no, no, trust lace me. Up, let me know. Man. Oh no, same. Busy. I still play. No, no. I think, you know, since we have very different games, cause mm-hmm. no, you're, you're more of a post presence. You're, you're bigger, nah, bigger. Shoot that you can, you can shoot the tray ball. For All right. sure. I got a, I got I got a little dagger on you me know? too. I can yeah I can I can pull okay. up from deep. Yeah. People better play with me. They know. I was sure. I wanted I wanted to quickly ask you though. Um, I wanted to talk about a specific game. You had a, your career high of nineteen points and yeah. eight rebounds <laughs> against Fitchburg State in twenty eighteen, yeah. with an L because honestly he played at Framingham <laughs> State. I did very briefly too, uh-huh. and it not it's not Chiz or myself's fault on that one. Um, but you were eight of, <laughs> you were eight of nine from shooting, um, from 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 the field. You shot great that game. Yeah. Um. But what felt, I don't know if you recall that game, what felt differently for you, or if you also, if you don't remember that game off the top of your head, like if there's a specific moment or memory you had playing. Fitchburg always talking shit. Every single time I pulled up to Fitchburg, <laughs> they always talking shit. You feel me? So specifically locked in that day, I had to go crazy for my guy. I had a teammate, Manny Payton. He's he was nice. Yeah, he's nice as shit. He's pro right now. But he was my teammate, and we went back to Fitchburg, his hometown. You feel me? He was just telling me, like, yo, we got to beat these niggas. <laughs> I got you, bro. Well, you guys only <laughs> lost by, like, seven. And yeah, Manny – Manny. Cheating. Was that? It was cheating. They were well. cheating. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, cheating. Manny had a good game too. Yeah. I think he, you both, like, he had like nineteen. I think I want to mm-hmm. say I was looking at the box score there. I think sure, sure, he had like twenty-two. But that was like a norm for him. Mm-hmm. He would, he was going yeah, off was every, going every, every game. game. Yeah. Um, was there another game or like memorable moment you just had as like a player um, that you feel like that really stands out to you? I think when we were playing like Bridgewater or MCLA. Okay. I just hit like four trades in a row. I felt good. <laughs> Feel me, you know, because it's not easy to score in college basketball. Oh people God, think no. it's like, especially no. at D three. Like no, people don't understand, real. y'all. People, you guys don't understand. Like easy. Division three is hard. Oh, it's a so. that's good basketball. So I was, yeah, I was lighting up a little bit. You feel me? But Four that, threes, that, I like that, it. Yeah, I stopped my senior year, just switched coaches. You know, relationship got bad. I was rapping. I'm like, I rather focus on the music. I'm not going to the NBA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I felt the same way. Like I stopped very shortly after my freshman, uh, like in the, like pretty much the start of my freshman year. I only really lasted like the mm-hmm. preseason essentially. Um, before I was just like, yeah, like I, this isn't working for me. Like it's a lot I of was work, bro. a lot of work, and I was obviously an education major, and as you know, mm-hmm. that can be very taxing. So it's just like, you know. And then I got into coaching, and it just kind of all fell into place for me there. Yeah, but yeah, no, and it was. It was hard though. I mean, it was like a full time job, and and again, the, the program wasn't sure. very good at that point. I mean, they were recycling. I think the four years I was there, they had three different coaches. Yeah, it See, was when I got there, it wasn't any better too because we were losing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were to first round playoffs, lost every single year to Bridgewater. Yeah, Bridgewater was very good. I yeah, remember that being. Bridgewater. Yeah, and then the coach that even recruited me to come down there was gone by the time yeah. I stepped on the on campus. Uh, in August, I'm like asking around, like, "Where's Coach Quigley?" And everyone's just like, "Oh, you didn't hear? Like, he bounced. Like, he's so gone." Got a spot. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much what it was like. I was like, "Okay, cool. Like, I'm gonna keep. Tr- I'm gonna try." But right. at this point, but like, damn, the dude that was kind of riding for me yeah. isn't even here anymore. So that's just kind of how it was. It was like a lot of turnover there, unfortunately. It was definitely but, a dope ass experience, though. Overall, but, like, no, no, hundred percent. Love that shit. Yeah, no, and you, I know you were a good player. So, um, all right, try to settle this debate for me. And it's a big one. I mean, you know, I, this is like the the classic sports center sort of talk mm-hmm. here. Uh, LeBron or Jordan? LeBron. 
You know what? I agree. <laughs> I agree. And it's not because we didn't watch Jordan. Mm-hmm. I almost feel as though as a, all right, I think there's two different conversations that I think will kind of squash this. Mm-hmm. You're talking about just as a straight up winner, Jordan, but as a basketball player, LeBron, it's LeBron. It has yeah. to be right. I mean, the dude can guard all five and play almost all yeah, five he's positions. Done more than Jordan. So just, yeah, I agree. Jordan's done a lot of shit. So LeBron's done more than Jordan. Why yeah. are we even still talking about and this? the longevity? Like I, I, I get the impact of Jordan. Don't get me wrong, but like, Bron's the number one scoring basketball player in the world. And he's, we, I think he's top five assists right now, too, if I'm not mistaken. The year 20, still averaging still, 25 plus probably. Like It's it's gross, it's like how good one. he is still. I, yeah, like you said, the what longevity of it. Right I know, I, I'm with you. Jordan, all right, I just wanted to make sure because yeah. I've definitely, I mean, 10 years ago I would have said Jordan, but now I'm now I'm in I'm definitely LeBron. Um, all right, I want to transition slightly to um, obviously you're a teacher as well, which yeah. is really cool, man, that you're a teacher and a basketball coach yeah, just yeah. like me, bro. Shout we have a lot in common. Teachers, right? man. Seriously, seriously. You know, like of kids. Respect to anybody that's out there teaching, <laughs> yeah. 100%. Um, and you've bounced around as a, as, a, as a teacher as well. You've had some mm-hmm. different experiences, which is which is great. And obviously, you're in BPS right now, and um, you used to teach at Oak Hill Middle School in Newton and Wicked Cool for Kids program, right right around the corner. Yeah, you were yeah, yeah, around there that, too. Yeah. You did that the for a little job, bit too. Yeah, yeah summer job. Yeah. Um, that was my shit. <laughs> so yeah, oh, I, I love that. Like, I, I worked a lot of like you know summer jobs like that as well. Like I worked in basketball camp uh, in Andover called Hooptown for mm-hmm. like a longest time, and so yeah, a lot of those too. For sure. Yeah. No, it's 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 good being around kids and sort of like you know uh, being able to influence that like next generation. I think yeah, it's very watching, important. Man, Those, the youngins are watching. You feel me? So if I could be there and be a um, positive role model for the youngins, anytime I could, I'm definitely gonna do it through the music, through like yeah, just in general. Me, there's not there's not a lot of young black teachers in the school systems. You feel me? The school system is where they spend most of their time. So true. You know? It's so like a second soak, home to them. Yeah, yeah. They're soaking up a lot of information over there. So if they see like. You know, they see me inside of a, a school. They're looking at me a little bit different. You know what I mean? For sure. They don't usually have young, black, cool male teachers in their classroom. It's, you know? No, absolutely. You were, we were talking about off air. Like, we were saying, like, how important I think it is for just male teachers in general. Like, young yeah. male teachers. Because, there's you know, I think there's more now than there ever have has been. But at the same time, it's like, I think you're absolutely right. I think that that's important, especially in inner cities like that, to see young black males, like, getting into education. I think, too, as well, like, those kids are seeing, like, their future almost, right. like, or what they could end up being, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, I think that there's maybe a stigma that, like, young male, whether, regardless of what race you are, like, shouldn't be teaching or, like, right. can't be teachers. Yeah. But, like, they maybe. I think, like, a lot of this stuff could coexist, like. 100%. Even with, like, the music and being in education, you know, it's it gets a little. It gets a little weird at times. No, I mean? so I'm still learning how to navigate sure. around all that and stuff like that. So, no, and it's difficult. I completely agree with that. But I think it. But I think it's a good thing. I think it's also important as well for our kids. Because I, I don't know if, if you. I don't know if this was your experience, but like when I was in school, man, like it always felt like my teachers. Like I didn't really get to know them yeah, yeah, super yeah, well. Yeah on a personal level and I think it's really great I know I, I'm the same way like I don't really like you know broadcast that I do this podcast but mm-hmm. we you know to my students but we've talked about this like kids just kind of they're resourceful and they and find to be shit. honest like I feel like there's like more of like a respect level after they hear my music and stuff yeah, like that yeah cause they're like, they get back they're like nah Mr. V like, Mr. V yeah like, <laughs> the whole everybody respect me and it's like everybody want to be in my classroom yeah chat with me and stuff like that so no it's great and then they get to see you as a person and as switch it up you know what i mean i could still be this and i could still be able to teach you as well you know 100 percent. and there's dope 
no, I agree with that. I think that relationship super important too, because then they see they see you as like someone else that's just their not just their teacher, right? Exactly. They see like someone okay, this is a human being who has a life and has like dreams and aspirations himself. Exactly. And if like my teachers have dreams and aspirations, then I should have them too. And exactly. that's exactly. I love that. Um, it's, but, not, it's motivating to a lot of kids want to do music now because they hear me doing music or they they feel comfortable to even like perform in front of a crowd because they yeah. see me do it and it's like it's dope feeling. That's beautiful, that, bro. You know? I love that. No, it's, it's like, good for you, man. For like, because you know, when I when I was doing my research and looking up some things on you, I'm like, oh, he teaches. I actually Nobody didn't know that. that though. I like, didn't I suspect that you taught. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, and again, like I've always yeah. seen seen you as like a gentle giant. I've mm-hmm. always, you know, because you're you're very tall and you're a big yeah. dude. But like I've always seen you as being a very gentle and warm person. Mm-hmm. Every time I've crossed paths with you, um, especially in the last few years, I didn't really know you too too well when we were at Framingham State. But like as I've gotten to know you a little bit better, like throughout the last few years of seeing you at different shows and events and things like that. Like I've always felt that way about you. And yeah. I, I, when I looked up, I was like, damn, I was like, good for him. I was yeah. like, that's amazing because like I said, I think it's so important Appreciate for that, our man. kids and of the next generations to have, you know, young role models that they can look up to that again, like I said, have dreams and aspirations that are maybe outside of what maybe people consider a traditional right. like job path. You know what right, I mean? Right. Like that's important for kids to see. Sure. Um, does I, I don't know if this is going to like sort of these two things coexist at all, but I had an interesting question for you and I um, kind of I have a, like an answer for myself in a way mm-hmm. as I, I guess a content creator. But um, does working with kids like is there any sort of like overlap for you and like with the music, like in terms of like it either motivating you or inspiring you in any sort of way, like or are they kind of just two kind of completely separate entities? They're two separate entities, but I could say like like. I work in the inner city, so a lot of their stories is like similar stories to mine or how I grew up, you know what I mean? So I'm able to like, when I hear their stories and learn how they're growing up and how they, like what they're coming from, you know, I'm able to relate. It kind of like, I don't know, I feel like I'm a very empathetic person, so I like, you know, I channel that energy. So when I'm channeling the energy, you know, that's what you take into the studio with you. So I Mm -hmm. feel like it does kind of, you know, hone in on a little bit, but not in a sense where I'm like, those two things are like overlapping in this. No, like, for sure. I just take those energies and still like yeah. focusing into the music and stuff like that. Yeah, it's almost feel like for a way when you get in there, like maybe after like a day at you know in school or whatever, and you you let's say you're heading to the studio, like maybe you feel like all right, like there's a bit more of a purpose for me to do this now yeah. than maybe like it gives you a little bit more of a purpose potentially. Yeah. Like it's a lot of teaching, but like I feel like my main like, like when I'm in there, it's like to be like a mentor, like a sure. You know, somebody they could speak to about, like, problems other than what they're going through in school, to be honest. Like, I do teach, but, like, I'm really talking to kids and really, like, getting to know them and, like, trying to rehabilitate them in a, in a sense. And You know what I mean? So No, and they need those safe spaces, man. Sure. They, you know, like I said, because I used to work in the, in the city as well, and, like, I've seen the duality of, of, a, of a city school and also, like, a suburb and – um, you know, I, I've always, I always found, I mean, I had kids when I was working in the city, man, I had kids in my room until five, five yeah, 30 they PM. They won't home. leave. They don't want to leave. <laughs> and it's just like, go home. And they're like, no, I want to hang here with you. And it's just run up on your car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good feeling, man. It yeah, makes it you is, feel like, so. damn, like I am actually working. Excited to see you every single day. You yeah. know? So, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Like you said too, like, you know, you really are like a second home for them. Like mm-hmm. your classroom, if it's a safe space and they want to be there, Dog, that's half the battle, man. Right. It really is. And then anything else they learn from outside of that. I mean, and they're constantly learning just from that social interaction mm-hmm. anyway. But any like once you kind of can get them locked in on like a specific topic or a conversation that's you're right. having that like 
that like I know you teach ELA, so like, and I do as well. Are you starting to? Which is mm-hmm. amazing, and I feel like with books and literature, there's that art form. Because right. you know, with the music and rap and the you know reading it like yeah, just builds a whole different vocabulary. So it's like that yeah. duality right there. It's just yeah. Like, in, in a sense like that, yeah, I guess that does go into the music. <laughs> God, like, yeah, yeah, I'm right? learning every day as well, too. Like, <laughs> words and stuff like that, you know, so. No, that's that. Right? That is the beautiful thing about. Definitely works hand in hand. So. No, definitely. And that's the beautiful thing about music and, and, and art. Uh, it's written literature, especially because, like, you know, I think that they both are reflections of, you know, human experience, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in our classrooms, you know, and I think we were having this conversation about like, you know, you had said you were a PE teacher for a while yeah. and, and then you're obviously doing ELA now. And I had that same sort of like, um, you know, like struggle when I was first getting going, like PE seems easier, but I, I think I would get more out of doing ELA. And like, yeah. while it be, you know, reading essays is not always the best and most fun part of it. Um, those conversations, man, you can, you, if you have a good conversation, most, yeah. cause it's really not even about the book. It's more about like life, you know? You're always teaching 100%. kids about life. I'm always teaching about life and what's going on, the deeper meaning, you know, just trying to figure out that. Just trying to get them to think. A lot of kids these days are not thinking. I know, <laughs> I know. To to think it's so life. unfortunate, man, that like, yeah, you feel like these kids like don't think they can think for themselves and right. like they should, you know. It's like, no, you can have an opinion. You can formulate, of, you, know, you know, you can learn and there's a lot lot out there to learn. A and, lot of influence on the phones, you know. Yeah, like yeah. Start thinking, start getting the wheel moving. Yeah, <laughs> asking those questions. Yeah, no, and I, I it's funny too because I started doing a lot more reading myself just like over the last few years, and it's like I, I tell these kids all the time, it's like you know read something. I know you know, read something you enjoy. I know typically like in in school sometimes you don't always get the opportunity, but I always try to give mm-hmm. them choice when there's when there's room for it. Um, because I think reading, like you said, that does build that vocabulary. And but also, sure. like you can, you know, read about these different life experiences. Like we were just talking about, like Night by Ellie Wiesel, and like yeah. how important of a book that is. Like just to not only, you know, obviously learn about the Holocaust, but to like see it from like someone's legitimate perspective. Mm-hmm. And there's so many books out there that are are important to read uh, that that talk about human different human yeah, experiences. Sure. You know, that are not just you know about the Holocaust, which is obviously a tragic human event, no doubt, but like and hopefully like, that inspires kids to read a different book about another topic that might interest them mm-hmm. and, and something that they can actually right, learn from exactly. and like experience from the actual book. Yeah. Um, and music's the same way, you know, <clears throat> I mean, you can totally have a, a, I think a visceral experience listening to music just right. like you can reading a book. Exactly. So yeah. I think that's definitely why they work together. You yeah. know I mean? so yeah. There you go. Fun. They do work together a lot more than we yeah. thought. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Um, yeah, so that's it, man, for the pop quiz. You did a great job. Yeah, well done. Well done. He said, teacher, uh, Mr. V gets an A. No <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> um, I wanted to uh, talk about another, uh, go back to the main lesson. Um, one of the last few things I want to talk to you about um, was performing. So yeah. for you, I feel like the few performances I've seen of yours, specifically um, the headlining one you had uh, a couple months ago at the Sony, or maybe it was almost six, yeah, six August, months yeah. ago. It's almost six months ago now. That's crazy. Um, I feel like you put so much thought into it, choreo- into the choreography and sort of the musicality mm-hmm. of the live, you know, the live um, performance and things like that. Like, I, and that was such a cool thing from like a hip hop show. Mm-hmm. Um, traditionally, maybe you don't often see that. So, like for you, what do you see, like? Do you see um, 
like the the performance side of things as being like a really really yeah, like super important, important. Yeah. yeah go into that side please of things are important because i feel like that's where you're going to build like your organic fan bases by performing you know if you if somebody could come see you live that means more to me than just hearing my song and liking my song you come see me live and hear me perform it you know hear me interact with the crowd you get a sense of who i am as a person as well as opposed to just listening to my song and knowing nothing about me so performance is super important to me what do you think like separates someone just from like that has good music but then someone that like is a, a really thrilling and engaging performer like what elements do you think of like that prep work that goes into you know because i think a lot of people that are musicians don't understand the time and effort mm-hmm. it takes to actually prepare yeah. for a show like what do you think are the really important aspects of a performer that really separates them from just being like a like a studio musician if they're able to make the crowd feel you know what i'm saying it's not easy to make a crowd like move like because you know it's not like getting a crowd to be able to move and like bounce with you and like First of all, it's one of the most daunting tasks. Like, <laughs> to be honest, when I first started doing, I'm like, damn, this is crazy anxiety you get. But as sure. you keep on doing it, you start getting more comfortable. And once you get in that comfortable zone, that flow state, you're just like, I could do anything right now. Like, I could tell this crowd to do anything, and they're gonna do it. Like, they're gonna do it. Yeah, if they're locked you know, down. But performing is dope. They just get to vibe out with you for real. I'm kind of thinking now. Well, I didn't have this written down, but just off the top of my head, like I'm thinking, like, I wonder does teaching every day and being in front of the crowd exactly, students and yeah. having to almost like perform in front does that <laughs> exactly, sort of help yeah. a little bit yeah. yeah you know you gotta be in front of a, you gotta know what the fuck you're talking about sure you, know, you gotta be able to think on the fly there's you a preparation to, to yeah. it yep there's a preparation to it you know now perform is just like second nature to me i could nice. get up right now and perform get up out my sleep and perform you yeah. know what i mean like it's just like i it's like a snap i zone into like a whole different vibe, a whole different person when it's time to perform. Yeah. Well, it was super cool because for the um, for the No Pass uh, album, or, uh, you really had like like a whole, a whole all these dancers that had this really great choreographed yeah. routine, and then you had like again live uh, guitarist and drummer, and even before, yeah. off air we were talking about that too. So like, um, what for you like inspired you to want to like not just okay, just I'm just gonna grab a microphone and like rap my songs on stage yeah. like what about like the big production for you is like you were like all right i this is what i want right. this is what i want when people come see chis capo show like this is the experience they're yeah, gonna get like you said i'm just trying to build a experience to be honest i want them to come to the show and remember the show forever like remember that chis show we went to and he had the <laughs> you know it's like you're gonna be able to talk about that for years and even like yeah. in the future like when things get crazy popping for me you know what i'm saying you're gonna go back and think like oh you remember he did that show like he was always like that he was always a great performer you know what i'm saying to see where he's coming from and where he started so like every single show i do i want to because i headlined a show before that i think in 2019 at the sonya as well same same place same place yep and then i did it again so i'm like how could i make this one better than the last one i did you know you always want to make your shows or whatever you do in life you always want to try to elevate One them in some yeah way. so that's just the mindset i have when it goes into everything i do so. yeah and i love what you said too about like there's a difference between someone just taking three minutes to stream your song yeah. on spotify or apple music or wherever you listen to music versus like buying a ticket like sectioning off that you can night. tell if someone's for real when you're watching them perform like is he really for real does he really live this life does he definitely really live what he's talking about in these songs is he like you know you could really tell yeah but then even from like a like an audience perspective of like the, the the time that they take like take to actually like 
go out of their home to like right. come see you perform. Buy a like, ticket and buy a watch ticket. you. Right. I'm not going to do that for no reason. That takes a lot of time. It's not right, easy. You gotta, right. You gotta buy a ticket. You got to drive 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. It's a whole process. So you got to make sure you're giving people a good show. And whenever you perform again, you want those same people to come back to another show. 100%. Makes it and tell their friends and their family show, right? about it. Like, yeah. nah, I saw this dude. He's fired. We got to go to his show. So totally. that's what I'm trying to do every single time. I go into a show to perform. I love it. I love it. Um, I know you have the album. Like, is there any plans for you to, like, do more performances this I'm year? I'm trying to do another one. So I'm trying to do another Amazing. Atlanta show, you know, for this album specifically. So yep. stay tuned for that one. I love it, man. I'm excited. Got a lot coming. More visuals. More live music. You know, got more shows coming. Just trying to go crazy this year. Awesome. I'm excited. Really, like, stamp it this year. Like, no, we got to be talking about you. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's you just, know? yeah. I feel like sometimes in the city, man, they be bringing my name up, but a lot of times they don't, you know, I really need to stamp it. So it's like an undeniable thing. Like, yeah. I think you're well on your way, man. Like you know, I said, I was sure. super impressed with that show in August. Like, Appreciate I really, that. really was from, like, I, like I said, just at the start of this this segment, like, just the, you, you, it was really apparent to me the time and the effort and the thought mm-hmm. that went into your whole set mm-hmm. like it really it really was apparent to me Appreciate and it that, made man. it made the experience that much more enjoyable but also like okay man like yeah like you said like this person really takes their craft seriously not only that but like the product's awesome right. so like those two things in tandem it's a powerful force bro Appreciate it really that, is man. keep Appreciate it going that. and now you did like a small um like a little tour too as well didn't you like yeah, an I east coast kind of tour year. yeah i did a little yeah. east coast tour hopefully i could do another tour this summer but like, yeah, that cool. What was that experience like, like? It was amazing, bro. Like, it was one of the best, like, experiences in my life. Like, just to be able to, like, be on a bus, yeah. <laughs> wake up the next day and be performing in a new city. Then leave the bus, go back, sleep, wake up next day. You're in a new city and it's your job for, like, the next two weeks, you know? Yeah. Your voice gets raspy at, like, day <laughs> eight. You know, you got to go get tea. And there's so many other stuff that we were doing in between the tour and stuff. So it's, like, time management. Sure. And, like, being able to work with people you've never met before and, like, on the fly. You yeah. know, like even like media stuff, like we went on a little media run, having to talk to new people that you never met before. Right. Like this Being is easy because we've, we've known each other. Like yeah, 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 for sure. So no, hundred percent. It was dope, man. Everything that I feel like everything that I'm doing is like preparing me for something even bigger in life. Good. You know what I mean? Like I'm taking all these like, well, some people call them baby steps or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I feel like I'm taking a lot of these steps to prepare me for like the, the larger scale of things coming soon so nah, well, i see I'm just embracing it and enjoying it now you know yeah so. as you should no you gotta because like you said you gotta enjoy the ride it's yeah, so important sure. this is the journey you know yeah you can't be so fixated on that end goal but like i mean you obviously need to be in your somewhere in here right. but it can't be like the fixation um no i completely agree bro it's awesome I'm, I'm happy for you man like i definitely um i i think the sky is the limit for you mm-hmm. i think you really have a good sound you have a good attitude about things and like you said i think that when you write but like also just when some people meet you like in person you really are like a warm empathetic person mm-hmm. and i i do appreciate, appreciate that from that perspective for first oh absolutely man like i've always been a big fan of you for quite a while um I want to ask quickly before I get to my final final mm-hmm. segment. Um, what was like your favorite stop on the tour, and then like from a city wise, like was there like a uh, an audience that was really really yeah. uh, like popping for you, and like was or surprising? And then my second part of that question is like, is there a city you would love to perform in that you have not gotten a chance to yet? So when I was on the tour, I think my favorite city to perform in was like Pittsburgh. I feel like that yeah? crowd showed me the most love. When I was in Pittsburgh, that Pittsburgh, blue collar, was lit. Pittsburgh. You know, it was weird. I don't know. Pittsburgh was lit. Them there in Virginia, South. Was it Virginia? Yeah, no, South Carolina. South Carolina was lit as well. So 
Those were um, a city I never performed at. I, I want to perform in Miami. Miami, I oh, Miami I feel would like be, I'd be lit in Miami for sure. Yeah, I never performed out there. Your music would would I think sound uh, like go well in Miami be a vibe too. Out there. Yeah, yeah, I cool. Agree. I love it, man. So we gotta get to Miami. <laughs> We're getting to Miami, 2023. You know, 2023, we're getting to Miami. It's happening. You heard it here I'm first. Just capital. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone in Miami? Make sure you uh, check out Chiz, and if you know anybody that uh, is looking for a yeah, performer, man. he's your guy. Um, man, it's been a great episode. Yeah, Thank you no, so much right. for being Appreciate here, bro. Like you, you really christened the new studio yeah. for me. Hey, like, I'm the first performer in this new studio, by the way, too. So <laughs> make sure I get that on file on record, man. <laughs> I like being the first at a lot of things. Well, you're the first in here. That's for damn sure. And I'm, I'm. Chiz Capovano up here too. So hey, I mean, I can make it. a lot of legends. <laughs> there is. I'm willing to swap them out. You know, you know what I mean? I don't have enough. I only got the only but really only local. Only if you feel like it's worthy. <laughs> only if you feel like it's worthy, though. You feel if me? it's worthy, yeah. I mean, yeah. I hope it. I hope it'd be worthy for sure. I mean, the only really local one I got is uh, M Dots here. Okay. But yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, I'm open. Anybody that's got vinyls, man, I'm open to swapping yeah, them out. You know, what I mean, if you got vinyl for your, I know that's it's an expensive thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot, not a lot of people, if you're especially an independent yeah. artist, it's tough to get vinyl. But I mean, you. you can obviously make it work um no it's amazing bro it's been a great episode i really appreciate having you before you go got the final segment of my show which is called the open response response. and for the open response it's very simple um this is the dream song scenario okay so you get a song Mm -hmm. all right it's your song and you can pick one to two producers Dead or alive can be anyone, any producers that are alive, and you get three guest artists on that song. So you can really structure how you want. Like this is tough. It is tough. Okay, so you can do like three verses. You can do like you get a verse and like someone does a hook and two verses. You structure it how you want, but you get one to two producers and three guest artists on Chiz Capo's song, Dream Song Scenario. Any artist and producers, dead or alive, who is on that song? Okay, so producers, I think I'm gonna go with like. Manny Fresh, you know who Manny, Manny Fresh. Is? Manny Fresh is open. from back in the day, from like back, back in the, day. the the early Carter. I know that and might like, seem crazy to say, no. But listen, if you listen to Manny Fresh and I'm trying to make a hit, <laughs> I'm going Manny Fresh, right? I I'll probably it. go like Metro booming because Metro's tough, you know. Metro and Manny Fresh at the same That'd be time. Crazy. That would be wild. That'd be crazy. And obviously, guess artist I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get Drake. Gotta go get Drake. Gotta get Drake. <laughs> Gotta go get Drake. I'll probably get like. I don't know. Bro. You gotta get Wayne. Don't you gotta, gotta go get Wayne? Wayne. If I can get Manny Fresh, I gotta get Wayne. Exactly. Facts. There we go. Right. Not to build the song for you, but no, for yeah, sure, <laughs> that's a great one. And then I think I'm gonna go. I gotta go. I gotta go Biggie. I'm gonna go Biggie. Ooh, I just you know, go Drake, Wayne, Big. And we got Manny Fresh, Metro Woman. I love it. Boom. I that's love one it. scenario. I could do these scenarios. You know, <laughs> no, it's always the first one. I that really want to work with um. Burner Boy is one of my favorite artists. He's so fun. Burner Boy's tight too. Right? But yeah. I just felt like he wouldn't work well with the Manny Fresh or Metro Boomin. Nah, yeah, you're, you're you trying know. to build a song. You're trying to build a hit song. Yeah. So, yeah, but, well, yeah, if you do a second one, then maybe Burner Boy, you know, yeah, we'll speak these into up. existence. That's sure. part of it. Part of it's just the fun little exercise, but also like the manifestation part oh, too. It's like, yeah. you know what I mean? That's the biggest part. But nah, you heard it here first, man. Chiz Capo featuring Lil Wayne, yeah. Drake, <laughs> uh, Notorious B.I.G., produced uh-huh. by Manny Fresh and, and Metro Boomin. I think it would be a hit. crazy. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for being here, bro. This was so much fun. This is a great episode. All right. Oh, this is amazing. Um, final thing is just to plug away, let the people know yeah, where man. they can find you. Cheers, Capo. Find me everywhere, all streaming platforms. Who got me out now? Everywhere. Go run that up for me, man. New music coming soon. Range God coming soon, man. You know, stick with me. 
I love it. I love it. Yeah. And if you are a fan of Chis Capo just coming on to us for the first time, you can follow us at Turntable Teachers on Instagram, yeah. TikTok. Head to our website, www.turntableteachers.com. And of course, like I was saying, we're in a brand new AOA Studios in Fire Beverly, studio, Massachusetts. By the way, man, all Boston artists, every artist, don't matter where you're from, come through. Feel me? AOA Studios, tough. You heard Fire. it here first. You heard it here first. Head to our website, aoastudios.org, to book a session today and check out what we got going on here. I think you will be very, very impressed when you see uh, see the see the space yeah, and see yeah. the photos we have on our site. But and then when you yeah, and we're free anytime for tours, so come on down. Uh, Chis Capo, once right, again, man. thank Appreciate you so much for family, being here. Man. This is a ph- yeah. phenomenal episode. Go stream who got me. Check out Range God oh, coming very soon. Yes. I'm Mike. This is Chis Kappa with the Turntable Teachers, and class is officially dismissed. Turn, 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 turn.